0: the storytime podcast is brought to you by playtime books playtime books publishes a rich and internationally appealing collection of the best of australia's new authors who are dedicated to publishing quality picture and chapter books for children ages 2 to 18 shoreline publishing group australia's best independent publishing agency for independent authors podfire.com.au the best goddamn podcast platform on the planet Today's guest is Anita Selsa. She's an independent author of the book I Am Woman. A desire to embrace our differences, to strive for harmony in this world of terrorism, and the absolute must to protect our children. I Am Woman presents a nuanced view of how we could be living our lives in the near future, valuing parenthood, family, and paid work, and where we treat one another with respect. A future in which we do things different to the past and perhaps even in the present. A world where we can thrive to treat each other with greater respect and empathy within this fragile society. The hashtag Me movement has shown us it is time for us to change our behaviour and the way women and men relate to one another. We do have the power to do this and we make a positive difference in our world. How are you Anita? Welcome to Storytime. No problem at all. I'm very excited because you are the first official ever Storytime guest. Well, that makes me special. It does make you very special. <laughs> in a good way, obviously. So what what makes you want to be an author? What, what made you strive to be an author?
1: Writing because um, um, I was doing a PhD in education and... I gave it up because
2: I had three children under three and a half and I felt it was too hard. I couldn't do everything well and I wanted to be a good mum first. So I was three-quarters of the way through the doctorate. I gave it up but I was sad I missed the writing so I sent some of it to Cambridge Uni Press to a publisher I didn't know and I asked him, could you publish this as a book? And he said, no, it's too specialised but I need an author to write me a book on girls' education in Australia as part of a series of person do you want to do it? So I jumped in and I did it. And that's how I began my writing career. It was great, I loved it. What do you like
1: about
2: writing? Well, I get lost in my own world. So I block out everything else in my life and I go into this creative zone I come up with an idea, and from that idea, I flesh out a book, and it's wonderful. It's a it's a creative outlet, and it just makes me think, and it's wonderful. Love it.
0: <laughs> so, is it so like having have a real a job?
2: job? What define what's a real job? What oh, that's what's such a such good answer. answer. <laughs> that's,
0: that's seriously. Easy. We we I love the, I love the you talk about work life balance, and you talk about how the mythical work-life balance and uh, work-life balance is so important in today's society and it's something that I believe will change moving forward. So I haven't actually read your book yet on purpose. I don't like to read people's books until I know what they're about and why they've been written because to me it's really interesting in the way behaviour changes people and what people see and do and watch and how they feel and act, all is that behavioural piece. And now obviously I'm up here in Queensland and uh we're allowed to walk the streets and go to the shopping mall, whereas you're stuck in Melbourne in a house and uh, can't go anywhere. So um, the behaviours of what's happening down there to here, which is really only about 1,000, 2,000 kilometres away, but in the same countries, are uh, insane, really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well, I think everybody in Melbourne's feeling the pinch and everyone's, you know, wanting us to move forward.
0: And do you think that they will? Where do you think that's going to go?
2: Oh, well, our numbers are coming down. I'm hoping on the 28th of September that our premier will say, you know, we're going to um, lessen some of the restrictions. So that's what I'm hoping, because the, number, uh, the numbers are coming down.
0: Well, that's good news. I hope we, uh, I hope we, we're getting somewhere and we're getting closer anyway. Yeah. So tell me about the book. It says here that you're about valuing parenthood, family, and paid work, and where we treat one another with respect. Uh, Talk to me about that.
2: Okay, well, I think that we've lost a lot of respect in our society, the way we relate to one another, and I think one of the reasons for the Me Too movement happening is that that respect had been lost and poor behaviour resulted because there was no respect. So I think we need to be taught how to respect one another from preschool to university or tertiary education, to workplaces, to businesses, government, media, across our whole society. I think we need some kind of education how to treat one another and and implement it and practise it, because I think that's been lost in our society. I'll give you a small example. So when I learnt to drive, um, if you were backing into a spot, whoever was coming up the road would let you back into the spot. They were courteous and respectful and let you park. Today, if you're trying to park your car like that, everyone's zooming past. They couldn't give an SHI you-know-what. Oh, I understand. So that's just an example of a little example of where the respect is not there. And um, I think we need to find a way to get it back. I think the whole society would be better if we can find a way.
0: So do you write about that? Do you actually tell us how we should do that or do you just talk about how it's actually gone?
2: Well, I I talk about how it's gone, I think, through education. I think we need to, the, the experts in education, devise some programs from little children, from preschool, to show us how to show respect towards one another. It doesn't matter on your gender, race, ethnicity, age, whatever, just across the board. and and across whole society. I think it's-
0: Oh, I agree 100%. Like, when did it ever happen where you don't speak to your elders as Mr and Mrs and you start talking by their first name? I was always brought up that it was either Uh, Ms Selsa or it was Mr McCallum or it was whatever I never sort of Anita or Brett from young kids from young ages it was always show some respect to your elders like I still open the car door for my wife and I still like pull my mum's chair out if she's out for dinner just these little things that no one does anymore
2: yeah but that's that's called chivalry that's
0: what's the difference between respect and chivalry well
2: chivalry is a thing I think Manor, it's about manners, a man respecting, a, well, respecting a woman, but showing manners and and care by doing those things. But respect is how we speak to one another and different ways we show care towards one another.
0: Oh, I, I agree. And you mentioned also that about the Me Too movement. Talk to me about the Me Too movement. What uh, What sort of captured you in regards to that?
2: Oh, the flurry of articles! I was reading a lot of, of articles when it came out, and I thought, "What is going on with this poor behaviour? It's always gone on, but but there are degrees of it." And I thought, "There's there's a, a you know there's a fine line between someone." Oh, have I lost you? No, no, we're still here. Okay, I've lost you visually. Doesn't matter. Um, it's <laughs> a fi- it's a fine line between someone you know, tapping you on the shoulder and then somebody groping you a little bit further. Um, and then of course, the allegations against Weinstein with the rapes that, you know, there's a whole grading of this sexual harassment, but it caught my eye. And um, I, at the time I have a grandson, my first grandchild was born. So Congratulations. I, thank you. And I thought to myself, well, what kind of world is my grandson being born into? And, and so I address this issue in the book and some other issues that I talk about the world that he's born into, you know, with cyberspace bullying and pornography and climate change and a few other things. And shall I tell you about this man?
0: I would love you to. It I've got, like, goosebumps.
2: Okay. So this man told me he loved me, chased me for a long time, and I believed him. And then I learned that he was gay not before wow. my marriage, not during my marriage, not after my marriage, but 18 months after I had left him and my friends had told me they saw him at, at bars with gay men and, and on the beach with gay men and I was devastated. Wow. But I was happy that, that I, you know, when I found out he was gay, I was happy about that part because I knew it wasn't something that I had been doing wrong because I blamed myself for doing something wrong that I didn't know what I was doing. Of course you would. uh, You know, and so I still am upset today that he was dishonest. So I think readers out there reading that part of my life, I'm sure, you know, we've all gone through betrayal, we've been lied to, um, there's been lack of trust, breach of trust rather. Uh, I think a lot of readers will relate to those aspects of my story with my gay husband.
0: A hundred percent. And did you find that when you wrote about it and you actually put it into the written word that it helped you?
2: Yes, enormously. I should have done it a long time ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You were you were going to, but you got sidetracked. Stop! 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 Stop the podcast. Let's listen to an extract from page ninety-seven. This
1: this is an excerpt from I Am Woman. I was one of those mums who wanted to learn everything I possibly could about pregnancy and babies. I remember clearly a book I bought on pregnancy that included a description of how the baby was developing inside me week by week. I like feeling informed and maybe a little empowered with some knowledge of what was happening inside me and of my baby's development and growth. I read the books of natural childbirth activist Sheila Kissinger, Pregnancy and Childbirth, and Baby and Child. I also read the first six months by British psychologist Penelope Leach, then considered a guru in this area, and read paediatrician Dr Christopher Green's Babies. Although I was fairly well informed as a result of the reading I did, becoming a mum on a practical level was still a shock to my system just the newness of it all. Motherhood is also something experiential, rather than descriptive. And like labor and childbirth, the experience will vary from woman to woman. Once my baby arrived, I felt in awe of this tiny, precious human being that entered my world. My little girl was born a little early at 38 weeks. I could not breastfeed her because she could not latch onto the nipple to suck had to be fed with formula milk she was also unable to regulate her temperature so I had to leave her in a warm incubator in St Andrews the hospital where she was born I would go in to feed her daily for two weeks while she remained in the hospital it was a rocky start something I hadn't expected and I was quite shaken by it once I was home with my little girl, my mother was a wonderful support and helped me feed her every two hours in the first month after her birth. She weighed 2.3 kilograms and needed to gain some weight. I had a wonderful nurse at the infant welfare centre nearby who guided me with her care as well as the care from a good pediatrician. With time and patience, my baby girl gained weight and grew at a steady, healthy rate. She was a happy, healthy baby.
0: Wow. But I, I find it amazing that, that authors, um, when when they write about themselves, um, it, it does get very deep. Was it hard to actually release that? What I mean by that was hard, it's obviously to write it helps you, but at the same time to then have it published so now the world can read that. How does that make you feel?
2: Well, I was a little bit torn because I didn't know whether I should, um, you know, release that part of my my life or not. But I'm not doing this to be vindictive or get back at this man. I'm doing it so that it will help others who've gone through something similar. Not necessarily with a gay husband, but who've been betrayed and you know the trust was broken and they were lied to and everything. And then, because I I, I I I share with readers how I threw myself into my work. And how my work actually helped me, it gave me an anchor and it helped me move forward in life. And I talk about the value of paid work, not for the money, but for being busy and being productive and doing something worthwhile. I was teaching and the kids I taught needed me and I felt that was, you know, I was helping others and, and it really helped me move forward. It's the
0: interaction with other humans. I like to call that is the fact that you're not actually stuck at home as as a a housewife or a mother or whatever. You're actually then actually interacting with other human beings, and it does help you with uh, get on with life, doesn't it?
2: It did. It helped me enormously. So um, I share that with other women too who are maybe starting out in life and thinking what they're going to do with their lives. I wanted to share my journey and and the rest of bits and pieces of my life with those readers so that hopefully they can learn something from my experience and my mistakes and my good stuff and, you know, benefit from it.
0: Oh, 100%. You actually also, uh, you ask a lot of questions in the book, how to work and live, how to achieve the mythical work-life balance and sort of how do we protect and nurture our family in this new society? Do you also give like your version of what people should do? Or we just
2: raise questions? I'm I'm, I'm sharing my thoughts. Yeah, I'm sharing my thoughts. And I I do think that, you know, before kids start kindergarten, they're they're good to be at home with their parents. I mean, ideally, two parents are great, but we've got a very different society today. So um, it's not the the mum-dad norm necessarily. And I know there are a lot of single mothers out there and there are gay couples and all sorts of variations today. But children need love and time. That's my belief. They need love and time. And childcare is great because it, it also gives parents a break and it um, teaches children to share and teaches children other skills. I'm not anti-childcare, but I'm pro-parents spending a lot of time with their kids in those formative years, maybe uh, supplemented by childcare because sometimes parents need a break, and um I think that's a really positive thing. I, two of my kids went to childcare when when they were two years old, till they started kinder for two days a week. The rest of the time, they were with me. And my other child didn't go to childcare. He spent the last year, with, you know, while they were at school and kinder with me. But I think I think that's really important because I studied a little bit about why men rape. That's also part part of my book. And some, and one study particular was showing that um, children need attachment. Some, the some of the rapists were not attached to their their parents. They were abused in different ways by their parents, and so this parent-child bond and the nurturing and love between parent and child, I think, is really important. And that's and also the respect thing comes into that as well.
0: So yeah, we mould we mould our children by learnt behaviour. So the way that what what we teach kids, how we show kids, what we do, where they come from, all that sort of stuff, is all learnt behaviour because they don't know anything when they come out of the womb. So they're, they're like a bit of Play-Doh that you've got to sort of make and mould and do all that sort of stuff. And uh, as you say, to, to teach them respect at a young age is very important, but also to teach them just the basics of life.
2: Yeah, I, and I think I think that's the parent's responsibility. You know, you bring a child into the world, they don't ask to be born so we have that responsibility as parents to do all that for our children.
0: And I couldn't agree more.
2: <laughs> so, so you know, that's where I'm coming from.
0: So a couple of questions. I Am Woman, how many titles did you actually have for this book? Is, is that the first one that popped in your head or uh, did you go through a process?
2: There were two or three, but I can't remember the others. I just felt this was really strong and um, I remembered Helen Reddy's song, I am woman because I was a young woman when that song came out and um, I've been through a few trials and tribulations in my life, which I do share in the book and I felt I've come out the other end as a strong woman. So I thought I am woman really uh, is fitting, you know, as a title for this book.
0: I love it. And to be an indie author or an independent author, what made you sort of go down that angle? Uh, was was that something that you chose to do? Was it something you spoke to people about? Would you recommend it?
2: Well, Brad Shaw's been terrific, very supportive and um, really helpful. So um, I think he's, he's he's a terrific guy. I wanted to try something different. I had a fabulous pub publisher, big publisher, big name in my last book, I Am Sasha, which talks about my dad's survival as a teenage boy during the Holocaust as a girl. So he survived the war as a teenage girl. And um, I just thought I'll try something different this time. Um, So someone talked to me about Brad and I met him and I was impressed with him and I thought I'll just give it a go.
0: Excellent. We can't skip over that last statement though. So your dad survived the Holocaust as a girl?
2: As a teenage girl from 13 to 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, I was awarded uh, I was shortlisted for the New South Wales Premier's History Prize for I Am Sasha. It has gone into schools to be taught and it's recommended to be taught as part of Holocaust education by the Victorian government. So I'm hoping Congratulations. Year, thank you. I'm hoping next year that it will, you know, be more widely taught than it than it already is. And so what's the
0: hope for I Am Woman? Who's it aimed at? Who's your target audience? And who who should we tell the out there and buy this? Men, women, teenagers?
2: Well, I, th- I think, I think um, you know, probably um, late, uh, from late teens to infinitum and women, men, those in between. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just think it's got a wide appeal. Um, it talks about different stages in my life, so it will be relevant to you know, people of different ages. I share that I had a, a, a burnout period in my phase. I'm of the um, sandwich generation between looking after parents and children. I didn't look after myself. I eventually collapsed. I share the story of my journey uh, only to warn people of, the, of the, 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 the warning bells that might appear and to um, alert people how, you know, to think about how they're living their lives, so that they don't end up down the road like I did. I had two very bad years, and with help and support, I got through it.
0: And where are you now in your journey, Anita?
2: I'm a grandma and loving it. I have
0: congratulations. That's such good deal. <laughs> Look at your smile. Like you're so excited when you talk about that. You just I, I, glow.
2: I adore my little boy. The book, the boys. the The book is dedicated to my little Mookie. I call the him Mookie. 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 What? And what's his actual name? Oh, I haven't used the name, so I'm not gonna. I'm not oh, gonna that's okay.
0: But Mookie. Okay. Mookie.
2: I call what? him Mookie. Why Mookie? Because it's just affectionate, and he's just cute, and he's. Uh, nearly, <laughs> he looks like a mookie. <laughs> he's uh, nearly, nearly 18 months old. Uh, he's my little treasure, and I'm writing my next book about beauty. So I'm, I've, I'm, you know, moved on to the next project. Um, that will be my 12th book. I love my work, I love my family, and I have got the life balance. I have work-life balance because I'm not after being a CEO and I'm not after earning a million bucks. I'm after nurturing and loving my family and enjoying what I do.
0: Which is so good. And if some people can take anything away from this podcast is the fact that you can. You can prove it. You've done it. You're in that position. And if they can learn from your stories, if they can learn from I am woman, uh, just one thing. And to me, respect and valuing your family, valuing parenthood uh, is so, so, so important.
2: Well, that's in my book because that's what I believe. And I've gone on this journey. I am a parent and now a grandparent. So, yeah, hopefully I know what I'm talking about a bit. (laughs)
0: That's great news. So tell me about I Am Beauty. When's that due out and how long is that project going to go for?
2: Well, it's called Beyond Beauty and it's looking beyond the aesthetic. So I'm hoping next year it'll come out. I'm in the process of researching and writing and it's a bigger book than I Am Woman. So I'm taking my time because I want to get it right. And I'm also looking after my grandson a lot to help my daughter and I'm enjoying that too. So I am trying to strive for the work-life balance.
0: So I have to ask you, is it Peppa Pig or is it Postman Pat? Or what's the uh, what's the, the TV show of choice for an 18-month-old boy these days? Oh, what he loves is The Wiggles and Paddington <laughs> Bear. Oh, there you go. I love it. I love it. That's great news. <laughs> well, Anita, thank you so, so much for being my first ever guest on uh, Storytime. And You've done a really good job. You said that at the start you've never done one of these before, but you're like an old huck at this. This is great. Well done. Oh, thanks a lot, Brett. Thanks for having me. No worries, Ellen.
2: Thanks again. And do, where can they get the book? Where can everyone go and buy I Am Woman? Is it released yet? Well, it was due to be released Tuesday. Um, I think it might be a delayed by a week, but you'll be able to get it online and in most bookshops.
0: Excellent. Well, we look forward to it and I can't wait to read it. Thanks so much, Anita, and thanks. we'll see you soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to Storytime. I'm your host, Brett McCallum, and we say a special thank you to our sponsors, Playtime Books... Shoreline Publishing and podfire.com.au.